cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules because it's much easier that way. Trust me. What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we're back for another episode of The Snake Pit, and we're here with the pop culture icon himself. It's Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yeah, of course you. How you doing, man? I'm doing freaking wonderful, man. It's been, so far, it's been a great new year. Man, it's an awesome new year, and we are rolling with The Snake Pit. Incredible reviews across the board. People are digging what we're doing, <sighs> and people really dig our topic today. Jake, we're doing another Ask Jake Anything. Oh, I love these, man. I really do. Sometimes they scare me because I think these people are actually thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got we've got some weird ones this week, and I think that that kind of stuff makes it fun. Um, okay. So we're going to try to do this. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try to do this once a month. So buckle up, everybody. If you ever have a question that you want to ask on the on the Snake Pit, go to at Snake Pit Pod on Twitter and ask a question there. But all right, without further ado, let's get rolling on this thing, Jake. Let's do it, man. All right. Ismail Matos asks, if you could go back in time and meet your 20-year-old version of yourself face-to-face, what would you say? I'd knock the dog shit out of him, man. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'd plow right into him, dude. I'd, I'd blindside him. Good temple shot right here. You know? <laughs> Tell him to wake the hell up and stay away from booze. Now, when you were at 20 years old, where were yeah. you? What territory were you in? I was mid south. In mid south. Yeah, mid south, and uh, getting ready to go to the great northwest. That's right. I was headed to Vancouver. Up there in Canada, where you had yeah, uh, buddy. You had a hell of a rivalry with the with uh, Mister Ritter, if I remember right. Yes, Joe Garrett Dog. Absolutely. Uh, now, Jake, if I remember right, I think you guys had the first ever ladder match, didn't you? Yeah, we did, man. <laughs> And it's safe to say I didn't go up that son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Snakes don't do ladders, okay? Snakes don't fly. No. You know, I'm not afraid of heights, but I've seen I that am. match. And and what you guys did, it, it was so like, it looked like a ladder that you'd like lean on a wall as opposed to like an A-frame ladder. Absolutely. Uh, like on a wire or yeah, something? Yeah, it was cheap. <laughs> it was cheap, brother. I'm the not Hart, afraid of heights. The Hart I family did not spend any money on... Um, on safety let's just say that <laughs> it was it looked terrifying and it was yep, horrible you would have <laughs> caught me dead going up that ladder uh-uh. um, all right next up we've got perfidious albion uh and they ask can you actually play the trumpet this is of course a reference to you playing the oh trumpet at the slammy awards in 1987 jake the state don't blow nothing Okay, even a trumpet. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, Are you me? man, it was so embarrassing having to do that shit. I recently saw that clip and I was like, How in God's name did Vince McMahon talk Jake into doing this? It was not easy, man, but you know, there you were. That whole time up there doing that bullshit was crazy. I mean, the concept and everything, okay, let's let's do the slammies, all right? It'll be a lot of fun. But it'd been nice if we'd been paid for it. You didn't get any extra money? Not a, for... not a nickel, man. Oh, and, no. of course, you're stuck in Atlantic City for three days. Guess what? I blew about five grand on the tables. Oh, so you lost you money know? and Hell had yeah, to play a trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I did suck. <laughs> so I lost money, had to play a trumpet while Vince yeah. McMahon was doing that hideous dance with all oh, those girls. Yeah. Just... Who, not a not a bright spot in the career. The, of the, song, snake, right? the song was so true, bro. That's what he felt like too. <laughs> what was the song again? What I watch him drop or something? No, that's right. That's right. Well, he was dropping everybody in the territories. He dropped everybody days. in the territories. He damn sure did. Whew. Uh, if you haven't seen that clip, we'll try to get it up on social because it is a wild scene. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh my god! Thanks for putting me in a bad spot. <laughs> Sorry, man. We'll try to bring the nose up here. Uh, 
You get that out of my head now. Oh. Well, wait till we see it on Twitter. Next up, oh, Joe Ludway asks, what is the best advice a fellow wrestler ever gave you, and who was it? My father gave me some advice that I didn't take. He said, you can be one of the boys or you can make money. It's your choice. I wanted to be one of the boys. Um, due to my upbringing, going through what I did, I wanted to be liked by everybody. Um, so I went over the top trying to make people like me. Because I didn't want them to ask me questions about my past or my upbringing or any of that. So I was constantly trying to be on the good side of everybody and uh, cost myself a lot of money doing that. So now when he says that uh, you can you can be successful, or you can be one of the boys. Is he saying, like, don't go to the bars, don't be partying with the guys? Right, right. Yeah. Right. Don't hang out with the guys. Well, look, you know, as you and I talked about on this program before, just imagine being in your early 20s and you've got this big old wad of cash in your money and everybody wants to oh talk to you. Every everybody girl, be going to the bar. Every girl wants to shake your hand, kiss you, and X amount of other things. And, uh, you got the world by the tail, man. I, you know? Nobody can blame you for wanting to go out to the bars and be one of the boys oh under those God. circumstances. Holy smokes. Um, next up, we've got Big Andy. Big Andy asks, how do you call spots in a match with a guy that doesn't speak English? I think that's pretty interesting. Well, I had the uh, privilege of working with the deaf mute in Louisiana. Wow. And uh, you had things that you did. You know, you tapped his elbow or you grabbed his wrist and squeezed or you just did certain things, you know that you work out before that if you know you're in the ring and then you know you pat your shoulder that's a tackle you do this it's a leapfrog um hip toss was just you know so what what was the name of this guy salento rodriguez salento rodriguez it's yeah. i mean incredible incredible that he was able oh, to have a, a career great wrestler great wrestler Man, I'm gonna have to look this guy up. That's, yeah, check that's him out, man. Um, we've got Sean McFadden next, and he says, "Yet, did you have any dealings with Bam Bam Bigelow? If so, what did you think of him?" You know, I was only Bam around Bam Bam a few times. Even when he came to the WWE, he was always on Hogan shows, and I was never on those shows. I was in the other city getting it ready for Hogan show, mm. so I didn't have much interaction with him, but. What interaction I did have with him, I, I really liked the guy. You know, he's a stand-up guy, and uh, he lets you know where he was at, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I've heard mixed things about Bam Bam, some good, some bad, but it's like, I mean, you know, there's no denying that the dude had it. You know, Oh, my God. His ability in the ring. talented. Unbelievable yeah. talent. Oh, Christ. He was a big man that could move. And he that moonsault, that moonsault uh, he would do, what a spectacle. Yeah, not on me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, thank you. Holy no. shit, imagine catching that. Snakes don't fly and snakes don't <laughs> like moonsaults. <laughs> um, Max Aben asks, do you have any Ivan Putsky stories? He worked in my high school and he would cover the last period for the in-school suspension teacher and he used to let kids punch him in the stomach as hard as they could. It was hilarious. <sighs> I was never around Alvin Butsky, unfortunately. Never? But, uh, no, sure wasn't. Sure wasn't. Uh, he was we'll in move. the Northeast. You know, he was you know, up in, with McMahon and those guys back in the day and uh, didn't see him down south. Uh, next, we've got Brandon Laura. And Brandon asks, what's your wildest escapade on the road? Everybody's got a crazy road story. Here's one for you. Uh, there's a guy named Jerry Gray. And I was riding with the Briscoe brothers. That's a fun crew. And uh, we'd set up for another car full of wrestlers to pass us. And somebody stick their ass out the window. <laughs> so we did it. And then we're in the car going, oh, those bastards, you know, we got to get them back somehow. And, and, you know, he's a young kid. He's wanting to impress us. He's like, let's do something, man. I'll do whatever you guys want to. And we're like, well, let's think for a minute. 
What can we do? Oh, we got it. We got it. What? 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 We're going to put you in the trunk and you get your penis out and masturbate. <laughs> and when we pop the trunk, just raise up on your knees and be masturbating at them. <laughs> and he's like, cool, I'll do it. So we get him in the trunk and we drive and we drive and we drive. He's like, Hey, I'm starting to suffocate back here. (laughs) We're like, okay, we'll pop the trunk. So we pop the trunk a little bit, let him get some fresh air in there. They were like, shut it. Here comes a cop. Here comes a cop. Shut it. So he he pulled it down and it shut. So then we finally got into position. He thought that we were pulling in front of those guys, right? Oh no. But we weren't. We had stopped and we backed up to a fucking window at a restaurant. <laughs> and we popped it. We told him we were pulling over so he could get him good. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Is it hard? Not really, but I'll try, you know. <laughs> and we popped the trunk and he's set up and he's jacking off and there's all these people in the restaurant show <laughs> looking out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. That is a wild rib to play on somebody. Yeah, Holy it was funnier shit. shit, man. I hope it wasn't your car. Was people it writing was. down their license. Oh, it, no. It was oh, no. my car. <laughs> so, Jason Brannigan asks, who did you like riding with from show to show the most? Another road question. Hacksaw. Hacksaw. Yeah, me and Hacksaw were great road buddies. Um, probably the best. Uh, second would be Undertaker. We got along really well on the road. So, uh, but Hacksaw and I, man, we were thick as thieves. That's cool, man. And hey, by the way, did you hear about the, it's a couple weeks old by this point, but did you hear about the news about Hacksaw with the home intruder? Oh my God. Yes, I did. I talked to him about it, man. He told me the whole story. How He's insane like, is that? How scary is that? Oh my God. You know, I mean, hearing he, was that- like, he was laying in bed. His wife was packing up to get ready to go someplace. And all of a sudden, his front door is caved in. And he runs down the stairs, and here's a guy laying in the floor, screaming, please help me. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. And Duggan's got his gun in his hand, and he's got his gun stuck to his head. And he says, not if I fucking kill you first, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, he pushed him out into the, you know, the porch, and he's still got the gun to his head, and he hears people screaming down the this dirt road. Where are you at? We're going to find you. We're going to kill you, you piece of shit. Come out wherever you are. Oh my God. And come to find out, he was trying to get to his girlfriend. And she lived in a house, a couple of houses down on this dirt road. And broke into her house. But her father and brother were there. Oh, boy. And heard it. And he was 25 and the girl was 16. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they were trying to kill him, all right? I think anybody would be. Yeah, Hacksaw was very, very upset. He got damn lucky Hacksaw didn't kill him. Yeah, he is, man. Damn sure is, because uh, that ain't no joke, brother. You break into somebody's house. But I tell you, who, who really caught the heat was, uh, what's, what's the little thing you put on your door where you can see ring? Oh, yeah, ring video doorbell. Yeah. That thing didn't For go some off. reason, it didn't go off. Oh, my God. So Hacksaw was quick to call those people and tell them to come get that shit. Yeah, <laughs> be quick to sue them. Yeah, something. What the fuck, man? Well, thank God Hacksaw is okay. And, I mean, yeah, that, man. That really speaks to what a badass he still is in his 60s. Oh, there's no way in hell I'd mess with him. Are you kidding? Dude, former pro football player, still big as a house. Tougher than a two dollar steak. Love that. Oh Hacksaw. my god, man! He was he was all state in wrestling too. Nobody New York State. <laughs> That's a pretty big state to be yeah. all state. <laughs> yeah, to be uh to be uh, number one in football and number one in wrestling, you're a pretty raw bone son of a bitch, dude. Total badass. Oh yeah, oh yeah. To this day, check him out at Real Hacksaw Jim on Twitter. Um, Shannon Hunter is next, and she asks, "What was the one storyline you hated the most?" Oh, that's simple. The Jerry Lawler storyline. Ah, SummerSlam. Yeah, that was a slap in the face. I've heard Jerry too. He's actually yeah. he backed up what you said, where he's like, "Yeah, I don't know. They asked me to use real alcohol in those bottles." Yeah, yeah, they were having a big joke. 
a big laugh. I mean, you hear all the time what a fucked up, twisted sense of humor McMahon has, but yeah, I mean, it that's... was a real cheap shot. It really was. Here I am struggling with addiction, and he pulls that shit. Wants me to act like a drunk and behave like a drunk. Ugh. Man, that was humiliating. So fucking humiliating. You know, in 2002, Scott Hall had come back to the company, and he was using Anabuse. Uh, so yeah. in, ca- in case people aren't familiar with it, it's a, it's a pill or something that you take where oh uh, even smelling alcohol makes you want to vomit. If you get it on your skin, it seeps into your pores, makes you really sick. Um, so Scott Hall was trying to stay clean using it, and here uh, they had Stone Cold dumping beer on him backstage. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, like, good God, like this man is in recovery. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's... Uh... Vince's sense of humor is is sick and twisted, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll move on. Uh, David Law actually asked a question here that we've been getting asked a lot. So, Jake, <laughs> let's get it all out on the table now and just put this damn thing to bed. What happened to your podcast with DDP? Oh, that's real simple, man. He had too much to do. You know, Dallas Dallas is uh, taking care of a lot of fires, man. You know, he he works extremely hard with what he does. And he's, you know, he's, he's totally committed to what he does. And he just didn't have the time. You know, he's got movies going on. He's got you know, DDP yoga going on. And he's constantly working. I don't think anybody works as hard as DDP does. And uh, it was just, it was taking time that he could use for something else that he needed. And... Uh, he knew I was okay with it. We talked about it before we decided to shut it down. And he asked me how I felt about it. And I said, bro, shut it down. You know, I don't have a problem with that. Because I knew that he wanted out. And, uh, you know, it wasn't anything about we didn't get along or anything. We, of course we get along. But um, truth be told, I wanted to do one on my own anyway. So it worked out both for both of us. Yeah, you know, all's well, it ends well. And uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I guess there's, I'm, you know, I hope their relationship is okay. And it's oh, like, God, yeah. Yeah, everything's fine. I'll have him on the show sometime. Yeah, it would be awesome to have him on as a guest. We'd love sure. to have him here. Um, yeah, Dallas is, I mean, his acting career has taken off. Things are, yeah. things are really going well for him. So, yeah, oh, my God. Really and and deservedly, deservedly so. No doubt about it. There's a, nobody who, nobody works harder than Dallas. Um, KCW asks if social media had existed back in the eighties, how do you think it would have affected the business? Let's imagine that Jake. It would have, it would have just blown up even more if, if that's possible. You got to remember back in the eighties, man, anywhere we went, it was sold out. You could not get tickets. It was insane. It did not matter. We were doing, you know, three towns a night for a while. You know, three towns a night. Then on the weekend, <laughs> he ran six towns one night. Whew. So it was just insane how much we were doing. And the crowds were just, oh, my God. They were, they were manic. <laughs> they were going out of their fucking minds, man, trying to get tickets. So... I mean, I remember uh, going to uh, England and we went to Manchester and did a show. And then two hours later, did another show in the same town, same matches. <laughs> and and I'm sure everybody was still psyched to see it. They, were, they sold out the first show in a little over an hour and the second show took two hours to sell out. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I tell people, I do a lot of... And they did it last minute. Holy shit. So (laughs) there was no plan to run a second show. They just did it. No, no. Not until we got there. Incredible. Really speaks volumes. And, you know, I tell people all the time, social media is like a billboard that goes across the world. So imagine the, you know, something as successful as they were in the 80s, how much more successful it could have been. Oh, my God. I don't know what we'd have done. Just crazy. Crazy to think about. Also crazy to think about, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in wrestling back in those days. And by that, I mean, like, some pretty rampant drug use, some steroid yeah. use and stuff. It's, yeah. man, if, if people had been out on social media, uh, it probably wouldn't have gone great. Yeah, it wouldn't have gone great for a lot of guys, including myself. Well, something that will go great for you <laughs> is Athletic Greens. Uh, oh! Guys, oh, man, they're back. Our guys, man. We love Athletic Greens. Hell uh, yeah. First man, thing in the morning. How long have you been using it now, Jake? Oh, 
god, months. I'm on I'm on three months now and yeah. I cannot I can't emphasize strongly enough what a difference it's made yeah, for me, the man. The difference is just incredible, man. The energy that it gives you is just it's insane. You feel like a whole new person and it's it's if, not if you miss a couple of days, you'll find out. You know, I think that would be a good practice for somebody who's doing this. Go ahead and take it for a week, then miss it for a day and see how you feel. There's a difference. Yeah. There well, really the is. Yeah, straight through is, man. It's like pulling yourself up out of the mud and then throwing yourself back in for a day. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's got everything. Everything you need. It does. Tell, it does. Tell them about it. Yeah, so it's not just convenient and it's not just healthy, but they have, as Jake said, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, and uh, those all that stuff is going to help you start your day out on the right foot. These ingredients will support your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, recovery, focus, and energy. I feel like a million bucks, dude. It's really become part of my daily routine. It's convenient. It's easy. It's just a scoop, and that's it. And you know what? The best part is we're talking about less than $3 a day yeah uh when i go when i go to uh when i go to starbucks i'll spend a small fortune there and it's nothing 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 good good for for you right right so why not take that money and make an investment in your health we've got seven thousand five star reviews so i mean you know this this is legitimate it's time guys go and reclaim your health arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition and let's make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase just get started over at athleticgreens.com forward slash snake. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash snake and take ownership of your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance right now at athleticgreens.com forward slash snake. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. All right. Hell let's jump. yeah. Let's jump back into this thing, Jake. Uh, we got sure. a ton of questions. Uh, Zero Cool asks, what was your best year in the business and why? Not necessarily from a money standpoint. Oh, wow. Hmm. Probably you got some the, good ones. Probably the year with Steamboat. You know, wrestling Steamboat every night was just such a pleasure. And like I said, we were going to towns that were sold out, people begging for tickets. It was just insane the way the crowd reacted to what we did in the ring. So that was like a dream, you know. It's like living a dream. It was uh, 1986. You were working yeah. with Steamboat consistently. And, man, I mean, you had just arrived in the World Wrestling Federation. What a, what a statement you made right out of the gate with Ricky yeah. Steamboat. Like, in a close second. Yeah, a very close second would have been the year that I was in the Georgia Championship Wrestling. And we just started the Legion of Doom, oh, me man. and the Road Warriors with the spoiler. And uh, I was wrestling Ronnie Garvin every night. Well, I wasn't wrestling him. I was fighting him every night. <laughs> <laughs> God, God almighty. Ronnie Garvin is one tough son of a bitch, man. And he laid them in and I laid them in. I know I... I tell this story, you know, the, you know, it's like the poker player has a tail, you know, oh, I know what your tail is, you know, you can tell when somebody's got a good hand or when they don't, because they got something they do. Well, it's the same thing in wrestling. You can tell when a guy's getting ready to make his comeback, he'll do something. And you know what Ronnie Garvin's tail was? What? His nipples would get hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To this day, it freaks me out. <laughs> so he day, was he was so worked up about okay, my my comeback is starting. Make his comeback, man, and his nipples would get hard. And when they did, he would get up and kick the living dog shit out of you. And years later, I seen him at a, a, a con, a wrestle con or something, and I asked him. I said, Ronnie, I got to ask you something. He's like, What's that, Jake? I said, how come your nipples get hard before you make a comeback? And he just laughed at me and walked off. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the answer. Really think. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the answer the wrestling world needs. Let's get Ronnie Garvin on this podcast at some point. Oh, <laughs> Address God, this hard nipple situation. Yeah, uh, 
a dude watching back some of those matches. Uh, they, you can tell it's a shoot when they call him oh the man with hands of stone. Holy shit. He would rock you out, man. He used to hit me right between the eyes with that punch, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I've seen a lot of pictures of the match, too. I don't remember seeing one where you're not bloody in it. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we did a strap match in Atlanta, and uh, people were leaving ringside because they were covered in blood. Oh my God. We would hit each other with that strap and the blood would just explode off of us. Dude. But uh, yeah, that was a hell of a night. Insanity. We're going to do a deep dive on Ronnie Garvin someday on this podcast. Oh my God, I would love to. Dude, what a what a damn rivalry that was. What, Here's a, another, talent. what a talent. Here's another great rivalry and great talent. Uh, Rich Kleinfelter asks, I remember your angle with Rick the Model Martell in the blindfold match. What was your relationship like with him outside of the ring? And do you still keep up with him? He was a great guy, uh, the utmost respect for Rick, a total professional. But uh, no, I don't have contact with him anymore. I wish I did. He kind of pulled himself away from wrestling completely. He doesn't do any cons or anything, you know. Uh, I really wish he did, but uh, evidently he's very, very successful in real estate uh, up in Montreal, and uh, he just don't come out. I've heard that too. I saw a picture of him not too long ago, and he still looks like a million bucks, dude. Yeah. 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 Uh, Wonderful hey, good, guy. Wonderful good for him. Guy. I'd love to get in contact with him and get him on the show at some point. Oh my so. God. Absolutely. We'll see what we can do. All right. I can't, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing this name, but it's Berloy's Deedle Dogman. I think I, I said it right. And we're going to break away from wrestling here a little bit with this one. Jake, what are your top three favorite live albums of all time? Live, live, albums, albums. live albums is hard. How about just the top three favorite albums of all time? Uh, the Wall. Pink Floyd. Uh, yeah, Pink Floyd. And then uh, you got to throw in the Rolling Stones. And then after that, it would be Aerosmith. Aerosmith. So any specific Aerosmith album? Just the best ones. Just the best. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to select with those guys and the Stones. You know, I just yeah. went and seen uh, Aerosmith at their 50th anniversary at uh, Fenway Park in Boston. Dude. Okay. They haven't missed a lick, man. They have not missed a lick. That is so cool. Did you ever get to meet those guys? I've never met them. No. Uh-uh. So I know you met Alice Cooper. Uh, did yeah, you have? Cooper. Did you ever get, meet any other huge rock stars? Oh yeah, Led Zeppelin. You met Led Zeppelin. Robert Plant. Robert that, Plant. How did yeah. that come about? Not good. It was not, <laughs> not a good meeting. Oh no. Here's what happened. You know, I told you that show in Manchester. Yeah. Okay. We were in Manchester, and we got like a stage, and there's curtains there, and you just bust out through them, right? And my music is just started. So I'm blowing, you know, getting ready. I slap myself a couple times. I clap my hands together, and just as I start to step and go out, he taps me on the shoulder and says, would you mind taking a picture with my son? And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. You can't be right here. Go, get away. So I went out and had my match. I came back. I'm like, man, who's that goofball running around? Jake, that's Robert fucking Plant. Oh, no. And I'm like, motherfucker. Oh, no. Where's he at? Oh, he left. Oh, God. He was quite (laughs) upset. Oh, Oh, my God. I couldn't believe I did that. Did you ever cross paths with him again? No. Oh, brutal. No. So, uh, you know, Matt, uh, of course, we met, uh, oh my God, brain fart, Ozzy. Ozzy. Yeah, that was quite an experience. He told me about snorting ants. Ants? Yeah, yeah. Uh, why? <laughs> uh, give you a reason? Yeah, they were on tour and they had a, they had a warm up band before them. And they were misbehaving on the bus, doing all sorts of crazy shit. And they said, hey, Ozzy, what do you think about that? That's pretty fucking crazy, isn't it? He goes, uh, no bad, no bad. So they got off the bus. When they got off the bus, there was an ice cream stick with a bunch of ants on it. And Ozzy took the straw from them they'd been using a snort coke with, picked up the stick and sorted the ants. He goes, now that's fucking crazy. Wow. You are knocking out crazy Ozzy Osbourne. No. <laughs> Do you know that he used to get up in the morning and dress up like a woman 
and then go down and sit in the lobby of the hotel. Just to freak people out or? Just to freak people out. I bet it worked. I bet it did too. He was a freaky looking dude without being in a dress. Yeah, I would hate <laughs> to think that I would hit on her. <laughs> I'm sure we've all hit on worse at like 1.30 in the morning at the bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Rich Spanhack asks, considering you cut a promo better than anyone back in the day, whose work on the mic do you enjoy most today? There's a few. I enjoy Mox. Mox is all right. Uh, there's a couple other. My, my mind is not working right now. I can't think of names. That's all right. We can we can the move. The box on. is pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, he's done a couple of very memorable interviews that I've seen. I would. I mean, it means a lot that he's the first one that came to mind for you. You know. Yeah. I think a lot of people point to Eddie Kingston nowadays too. Eddie's um, good. Eddie's very good. Yeah, incredible skill, very realistic. So yeah, uh, man, a lot of talent in AEW right now, isn't there? Oh yeah, shit ton. Um, Stephen Craig Miles asks, "What's your all-time favorite movie?" One flew over the cuckoo's nest. What a great choice! Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Uh, I believe yeah. he won an Oscar for that one, but man, yeah. badass performance. Uh, yeah, how about second choice would be Debbie Does Dallas? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's third favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's golden rule. <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite actor? Jack Nicholson. That's you can't do much better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love Jack Nicholson. Here's kind of a related one. Uh, Bradley Rent Lorenz asks, "Did you ever try to pursue acting in your prime?" No, I didn't, and uh, that's another thing that I regret. I'd still like to do it. You know, I've got a couple of offers on the table right now that you know they're really small parts. Of course, I did Peanut Butter Falcon. That was real simple but I really enjoyed it. And I think I can really show them something that just give me the opportunity. Man, it's, it's cool. I've also seen a lot of your voiceover work for Tangled, the animated yeah. series, uh, Lucas Brothers Moving Company, yeah. who had a recurring role on that, which is really fun. How did those jobs come about? They just happened, man. People call me. I mean, that's basically how I do it. You want me, call me. I'll go. If if you haven't seen the clip from Lucas Brothers Moving Company, we'll try to share it on online. Oh my god, that'd be awesome, dude! It was just such a cool, cool moment where it's you, <laughs> at one point you're like a ghost or something. It's like it's such really, really bizarre outside the box thinking. Um, all right, well, I'll tell you what. Here's something that's not outside the box thinking, Jake, and that's going to Jimmy's famous seafood. Oh. So uh, you can get the very best in dining brought right to your door. Jake, uh, we've we've talked about him a few times on this podcast. You cannot do any better than Jimmy's Famous Seafood, or uh, really any of their food. It's unbelievable, man. I love going there. I mean, when the when the plane lands, I get the rental car straight there, straight there. Don't skip a minute, man, because you might need to go to the gym. You might need to go get a shot to save your life. But if you go to Jimmy's, you won't need that shot. Everything else will work out because once you eat there, brother, you're gonna be so happy and feel so good. Oh my God, they're incredible, man! Each time I go, I'm just blown away. Dude, thank God I don't live in Baltimore because I'd weigh oh, 400 pounds. No uh, shit. So did I. Spend half my monthly income on Jimmy's. They're just that damn good. Uh, they've been in business for over 40 years, and there's damn good reasons because they're amazing. They've been featured on diners, uh, dine-ins, and drives. A beat Bobby Flay and more. And Jake, our you listeners. You don't even have to go there now. You can order it and they'll ship it to you. That's it. That's the best part of this whole thing. They ship it nationwide. And guess yeah. what, guys? We're going to give you the hookup. All you have to do is spend $125 there. You get free two day shipping when you use the promo code SNAKE when, uh, at Jimmy's Famous Seafood.com. You know, what could be better than having a gift box or a bundle oh of this God. fine cuisine delivered oh right to your God. house? I can't they, believe they're shipping it. Uh, dude, it's incredible. They've, they've got the famous gift box. It includes four of the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes, two different crab soups, crab dip, seafood seasoning, and their si signature base sauce. You can try the tailgate bundle. Hey, man, what could be better on Super Bowl Sunday than ordering this? And you'll be the oh king of, of the Super Bowl party, right? 
Oh my God, stop it, I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, a, this tailgate bundle has two pounds of wings, a full rack of barbecue ribs, a pint of crab dip. Crab <laughs> cake mix. Hey, look, better yet, you can create your own box and get everything you want. So look, guys, again, just go to jimmysfamousseafood.com. The promo code is SNAKE, that's S-N-A-K-E, and you can get free two-day shipping across the nation. That's wow. one more time, Jake. That's jimmysfamousseafood.com, and the promo code is SNAKE. I can't imagine how many wrestlers have went there. I, I guess probably 300. Now, how many payoffs has been blown to Jimmy's? Right? Uh, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, next up, we've got John yeah. Russell. Uh, John asks, in 1992, Jake was in WCW for Clash of the Champions 20. Uh, Andre was also at this show, and he passed away shortly thereafter. Did you spend any time with Andre at the show that you recall? <laughs> Uh, I remember I stopped by and we played a little cribbage, man. We always played cards when we were together. And, uh, yeah, we played some cribbage. It was a good time, man, just seeing him again. Oh, man. And for me, I just remember being in the ring with him and thinking, what the hell are you doing? Thinking that you can get out here and perform with this man. Because he is so fucking great. So fucking big. Such an icon. Mm-hmm. And, he, and here you are, you know, just screwing up his presence by being in the ring with him. That's how I felt about myself because I didn't think I had any right to be in the ring with him because he was just that, just that colossal. Dude, yeah, I mean, you said it. He's an icon, a part of pop culture history, but uh, yes. much like yourself now, I always say you're the pop culture icon. It's funny, Jake. I was telling my mom that I'm doing this podcast with Jake Roberts, and she knew exactly who I was talking about. Wow. Now, now, if I my mom is not a wrestling fan, so if I said, hey, mom, do you know Sting? She'd be like, yeah, yeah, like the lead singer of the police. If, right. I, said, if I said Steve Austin, she'd be like, oh, the $6 million man. Yeah. But, but if I say Jake the Snake Roberts, she knows exactly who I'm talking about. So I kind of she's a good to, woman, man. <laughs> it speaks to your fame, dude. It's yeah, everybody knows you. That's uh, awesome. And next up, we've got Rand Deutsch, I think is how you say the name. Uh, in the CWF days, what was your take on Eddie Graham as a boss? And who did you travel with from town to town in those days? Eddie Graham. Wow. I rode with Rocky Johnson back then. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, that's the first time I met who became The Rock. Uh, I believe he was like six years old at the time, but I rode with Rocky Johnson. I sure did. That is too cool. That is. Yeah, and working for Eddie Graham was probably one of the most enjoyable, enjoyable experiences, but also some of the hardest experiences I had to do. Uh, he was very, very intense on the finish of a match. He would lay it out move by move. And uh, it was incredible what he would come up with. And there might be 30 moves that you have to hit exact at the right time with the right expression on your face. I mean, with the right movements, with the right intensity. I mean, he would take it apart piece by piece and show you where you fucked up. But that's probably one of the things that helped me become one of the great ones. So he would, uh, you know, I, I've heard about Randy Savage doing that. I've heard about Jake doing that, where they kind of map out the yeah. entirety of the match. What did you think about doing that? Did it drive you nuts? Or were you like, well, okay. I don't like doing that. You know, um, seems to me that, that when you put a match together like that, that you lose some of the natural reactions that you would have and your movements because you're constantly having to remember what comes next. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And instead, call it in the ring. You can call it in the ring. That's what I always did. And uh, whenever I wrestled Savage, he let me call it in the ring. So that says something for that. <laughs> Steamboat and I called it in the ring. There was no need to sit in the back and figure out 50 fucking moves and try to remember them each you know, if, again, if you're trying to remember what's next, you're going to lose some of the natural expressions that you have in the ring and the work that you're doing. So that's where I find a problem with that. And, you know, you want to be able to react to the audience organically, you know, because you Absolutely. change it up in the ring, right? Absolutely. You know, just because you think this is a great way to go doesn't mean it is. Mm-hmm. And you get in the ring and you start figuring out, well, they're not buying into this. Let's, let's move this over here. Let's change it up over there and let's go a different direction. That happened, you know, that happens a lot. 
in the ring. You know, you can't, every crowd is different. So you try to give them what they want. You got to be able to improvise, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jake, Richard Conroy's got a kind of an interesting question here. Did you consider calling Crockett before going to the WWF in 1986? Not at all. No. 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 I've been called by uh, a couple of people, but the only person that that really got my attention was Vince. So uh, it never occurred to you like, hey, maybe I could like get an no. offer from Crockett, start a little no. bidding war? No. No? Uh, in hindsight, I probably should have. I, you know, I would say that everything turned out pretty well. So yeah. I, you nailed it. <laughs> I'm not starving. No, you you did all right for yourself. <laughs> uh, Damian Sutcliffe asks, "What's your opinion on death matches and blood in wrestling in general?" I like the blood. You know, uh, I just always felt like there's times for it, and there's times that you shouldn't need it. But I like the blood of the match and. Uh, death patches and all that. I like all that stuff, man. Do you really? I wasn't expecting absolutely. that reaction. Oh, no, absolutely. So, you know, I, I hear, I've been around a lot of the, kind of the guys you'd call old-timers in the business who see that shit where people are, like, breaking light tubes over each other and stuff. Well, I don't like that shit. Yeah, that's a little too much, no, right? No, I don't like, you know, the weapons that they're using. No, no, I'm not talking, I'm talking about a real-style Texas death match. Oh. Where, where you go in the ring and you just go. No, I don't like all the bullshit they throw in their tables, chairs, all that. Fuck that shit. You don't need that to have a great match. So that makes a lot if more you sense. Need that, if you need that, you need to find a different job. That makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah, when you said like, oh, yeah, I, that shit. When you said I like death matches, I'm like, really? Wow, okay. Well, I do like the old Texas death match. Texas death matches. All right, there is a big difference, folks. Yeah, I'm right. Um, Canyon again. Asks says you as <laughs> a gazoon tight. Uh, yeah. what what was your workout? What, regimen? She said. <laughs> <laughs> what was your workout regimen like when you were an active performer? Oh, I'd go to the gym, man, work work for about an hour. You and know, just depending, pumping depending iron. On what, yeah, pumping iron, depending on what body parts. Usually I worked out shoulders and chest and tries, shoulders and legs, back. And buys. Uh, so did you do any three that, days to do that? Did you do any of that stair step stuff, or were you good as far as your win? No, I was good enough for my win. You know, when you're young, you can go a while. Yep. We'll do a few more, and then we'll we'll call it quits here, Jake. All right. All right. Did you have any interactions with a young Owen Hart? I know you used to room with Bret Hart. Oh my God, yeah. I met Owen when he's like nine years old. And, really. Uh, Oh yeah. Even at nine years old, he was, he was telling me exactly what happened in this match and what year it happened. And it was amazing. He was like a dictionary. Well, nice I mean, kid. Yeah. Grew up in the business. What an incredible performer in his own right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. uh, obviously a huge tragedy what happened yes. to him, but, but really, I mean, you know, after the whole Montreal screw job, it felt like such a layup to put him in the world title picture following that with Sean, you know, they had his yeah. immediate issue. Yeah, but but just the way it goes. Yeah. All right, two more and we'll we'll be done. Uh Bagaki, Bagackle? I don't know. <laughs> so this person asks, when's the last time that you saw Rick Rude? Oh my god. I can't remember what year it was. I would I would have to guess that it, it might have been WCW 90. Yeah, it was WCW, or... definitely. Yeah. Yeah, probably around that time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more. What has been your weirdest fan experience? Have you ever had a stalker? Oh, God, yeah. Plenty of stalkers. But the, the weirdest and worst was uh, there was a guy that looked something like me, you know, and he was following me around the country and he must have had an incredible booking agent or whatever because this guy was doing personal appearances as me oh my god and like if we wrestled in phoenix on tuesday he did the appearance on wednesday after we'd already left town wow so he was doing that and then 
I get a phone call from Vince asking me, what the fuck have I done? Jake, I can't believe you did this. Blah, 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 blah. What are you talking about, Vince? I don't know what you're talking about. You married this fucking girl in Detroit? What? This guy married a girl in Detroit, went on a honeymoon with her, drugged her, robbed her, and left her. Oh, my God. As me. Just so happens she was connected to the mafia. Oh, no. They called WWF telling me that I was a marked man. They were going to fucking kill me. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I had, to, I had to carry paperwork with me. I'm like, Vince, I don't feel good about this. It's not like I'm going to ask a guy at the gun, please read this paper before you fucking shoot me. Because I don't think he's going to read it. No. You know, he's, he's going to shoot me. Boom, done. No questions. They'll yeah, just shoot but, you from a distance. But they fight. And then, then the guy went to Baltimore. And while in Baltimore, he called the hospital and convinced them to send a masseuse over to him that he had severe back spasms and couldn't be moved. And when the girl got there, he tried to rape her. Oh, my God. This guy's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. And then they finally caught him. He was in a bar. And he, he drank a lot, posing as me, and walked out on a $300 bar tab. Oh, my God. And they called the police, and he got pulled over, and they caught him for a DUI. And then he claimed to be me, but could not produce any paperwork. Yeah. So how did, how did the story, like, did the mafia get him? I don't know what happened to him. I know he went to jail. Why good? That sounds like that guy belongs there. Holy shit! Yeah, no shit. He was from the Baltimore area. Wow. So well, uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, no shit. Hope, hope he's still there. Um, yeah. And I hope that you guys tune in next week here on the Snake Pit. Uh, Jake, it's been an it's been an awesome journey so far, is it not? Yeah, man. I love working with you. We are still fleshing out what our 2023 looks like, uh, but we've got some really big moments here in January. And one of them that I, I would like to talk about next week is Ted DiBiase in the, in the WWF. Now, I know you've got sure. a lot of experience with him in Mid-South, oh, but yeah. yeah, I'd love to hear about your experiences with him in the WWF, especially because we're coming up on the anniversary of when you stole his million dollar title, yeah. which is a, a moment the fans point to very often. So, oh, yeah. Dude, I'm psyched to discuss that. I'm also psyched for people to check out Eric Bischoff's book, Grateful. It's his new autobiography, and man, it is incredible. He's got this unique format with QR codes. You can scan it. leads you to specific interviews and provide even more context on what you're reading. Uh, it's just a, such a cool idea, and Eric is such a great guy, very innovative, and a lot of cool history in the business. So please check that out, uh, especially if you read his first autobiography, which was fantastic. This is a great companion piece. It's grateful, and you can get it now on Amazon or at bischoffbook.com. If you've got a question for Jake the Snake, you can ask it over on Twitter at Snake Pit Pod. If you want to introduce a friend or family member to this podcast, send them over to YouTube and let them check out some of the clips that we've got over there. You can find it at youtube.com forward slash at Snake Pit Pod. And hey, while you're there, do us a favor, subscribe, hit the notifications bell so you don't miss any of the new content we're dropping over there. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review on all platforms. And also, just a reminder, you can get the Snake Pit and all the other shows in our network early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com, starting at just $9 a month. And this is going to include bonus content, interactive chats with your favorite hosts, and wrestling personalities, and so much more. Head on over to adfreeshows.com today and get signed up for that. And Jake, I know that you've got uh, something pretty fun for fans when they go over and check out your cameo, right? Absolutely, man. I'll give them a blast on cameo. I don't give you no 30-second job. I'm going to spend a couple of minutes at least talking to you, trying to hit all the high points you want to hit, man. Make it fun. Dude, Jake puts a lot of effort into that. If you're looking to get somebody a gift, if there's a birthday coming up, anniversary, whatever it is, these cameos are really cool. He's got a million reviews over there, and they're all fantastic because, as Jake said, he puts effort into these, and it, it shows, man. It's fantastic. Head over to cameo.com forward slash Jake Snake to get your cameo. You can also head over to jakethesnakeshop.com. Oh, hell out, yeah. Dude, some awesome, cool collectibles over there. Unique stuff. Stuff made by your buddy Sin Bodhi. Uh, yeah. T-shirts. You've got 8x10s, action figures, rare figures. 
uh, and all of its signed guys. Got a special going on right now where you get an eight by ten signed with the, with the purchase of something else. Man, an That's awesome, free. awesome deal! Free eight by ten when you purchase something else. So get on over to jakethesnakeshop.com. Check Jake on Twitter on Jake Snake DDT on Instagram at Jake the Snake DDT and on Facebook at Real Jake the Snake. You can follow me at Marcus P D'Angelo on Twitter, and you can follow the podcast at Snake Pit Pod on all social media platforms. Jake, another one in the books, my friend. Another one in the books. I got one more thing to add. Coming soon. The snake will be back out on the road with his comedy tour. Dude. Oh yeah. Freak out. <laughs> I think people are going to freak out. It's because, awesome. Man, Jake goes all out with these things. I'm excited to go. Jake, I'm sure is going to give me the VIP treatment. Give me back. Oh yeah. Sure. Your ass double. Pay for a hotel. He's going to do oh, all yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. in, in all seriousness, guys, keep your eyes peeled for it. Are yeah. you still, are you calling it the Dirty Details Tour? Absolutely. The, the Dirty Details Tour with Jake the Snake himself. Irreplaceable stories and an irreplaceable experience with the man himself. Jake, we will see you here next week. Absolutely. Right? Loving right, guys. it, man. I'm see loving you guys. It I'm loving it, too. See you guys next time on The Snake Pit with Jake Roberts. Because my wife and I were sitting in our living room on a Friday night at 8 o'clock. And we had the conversation, hey, are we going to do that refinance? Oh, yeah, I guess we need to get on that. And so I submitted an interest card online. And within 15 minutes, they were calling, taking all my preliminary information on a Friday night. So we were like very impressed with that. The process from the start to the finish, because you know there's a lot of steps involved with the mortgage process. And each step... It seemed like it just flowed from one step to the other without any bumps, no seams. Uh, Blake is also, we know him personally as well, but you know none of that really factored in. Uh, he was professional, he did his job, uh, he got results, and he got results quick. And let, let me just say, first of all, that it's been about eight years since we've been through this process, and we were taken aside by the fact that we have, we did not set foot in an office. Everything was done electronically. This process has really just left us in shock. And uh, the fact that if you want to refinance, I mean, this process from First Family was like, like I said, it was so simple, so easy. And I would 10 out of 10 recommend.